All right. It is Chapo, Thursday, August 24th. We are back in the States after our brief sojourn among the Canadians. And I would just like to say thank you, Canada, for the city of Montreal. Fuck you for the city of Toronto and the rest of your country. <laughs> no, no, no. We're just kidding. We had a great time. Both our, both our shows went great. Both our audiences were super hyped. But I got to say, Montreal, best city in North America? Could be. Could very well be after my brief four or five days stay there. Montreal, I love you. Yeah, it's pretty great. Gang, we are back now. And I suppose we have to talk about things that have been going on in this country, um, which I guess we'll begin today with the... Uh, the grim spectacle of last night's uh, losers circle Republican debate. You know, uh, we we talked, of course, about uh, Mayor Eric Adams in New York and much about the table of success. Uh, one thing is for certain, there were no winners at that table last night. It was it was the losers table. It was the table of shame. Uh, gentlemen, I don't even know why newspapers or media outlets are grading who won and who lost this debate last night. Because uh, it's just it was nothing. It was it was a whole it was a like I said a, a a grim spectacle with no winners. If not for one thing, I would say that uh, going with uh, the general trend, Vivek probably walked away the best. I mean, not as far as like best objective performance, but like Vivek has positioned himself the best. He's uh, made a series of great choices. Uh, by aligning himself as the successor for when Trump inevitably like dies or something by staying as far away from Trump and politics in general for as long as he could. Unfortunately for Vivek, I and the rest of America found out last night. He's not a weird six, four lanky guy. He's actually like five, nine. That may be totally disqualifying for the nomination. He's five that, nine, and uh, half of it is forehead. Yeah. Well, as someone with the exact same uh, body type, um, I, I, I got to say, I found him. I found him charming and personable. <laughs> uh, no, I found I found him to be a a repulsive little imp. Um, I, I cannot <laughs> I cannot imagine. I mean, it's just his outsider brand of like being like, we need to get rid of the Department of Education and stop sending money to. You know, stop sending money to Ukraine. I'm not a neocon, but also um, China, communist China is our number one adversary and we must defend Taiwan at all costs. Oh, and also um, go to war with Mexico. This is the new this is the, this is the new non-establishment, non-neocon Republican Party, you know, sort of a passing of the torch from people who want to, you know, uh, go to war with Russia and people who want to go to war with China. I mean, I, if you're going to um, compliment him for anything. The impressive thing about Vivek is like, I mean, everyone who does this, everyone who's like, I'm not a neocon. Uh, I only support like two out of five neocon goals. Um, it's, it comes off as an insincere sale. But Vivek, he wasn't, he was pussy popping at Davos like not even 18 months ago. <laughs> um, did you see him um, uh, rip off Obama's thing where he was like, I guess you're, you're probably wondering how a guy like me with this weird name ended up on this stage here tonight. Like, yeah. yeah, he did the skinny kid with a funny name thing. And, and Christy kid with a funny name. Yeah. Christy called him out on it. Think how much gay sex he can fit in that giant head of his. <laughs> <laughs> it also seemed to me like, uh, the, like the crowd was just like all DeSantis supporters. They just smuggled them all in there, but like not, not exactly a thrilling performance from, from gay Ron. Um, he was like, I, I saw I saw like uh, in in the week leading up to the debate, like some super some one of Ron's super packs are like Ron has really got a hammer Vivek. They, we've already prepared the nicknames fake Vivek and Vivek the fake. They, they're they're not trying. They're not really trying with that one. I don't know if DeSantis dropped any of those heaters, but it's basically just his his effort, his struggle to smile and being defeated by that. Once again, I think is the takeaway as far as Ron goes. I just I couldn't get over every time he tried to be serious and emphatic and you know, wave his hands around. He was like Corky St. Clair. <laughs> and I'll tell you why I can't put up with you people because you're bastard people. That's what you are. You're just bastard people. And I'm going home and I'm going to, I'm going to bite my pillow. It's what I'm going to do. He's trying to be so butch and it just, that is not what I get. That's not the effect that uh, it is communicated to me. That's all I'll say. 
There was one DeSantis moment I remember in particular, and it's when um, they asked the candidates, um, you know, would you support Trump if he was the nominee, even if he like went to prison or some something like that? Mm -hmm. And Ron visibly looked around. Yeah. To see what yeah. Everyone was doing. yeah. Vivek was the Profile first one whose hands, his there. little hands shot up like he had the answer. And then the rest of it was like, it was like a little, like a, like a waterfall effect. It was just, they all looked around and one, another one stood up, another hand came up and then Ron was the last one. Or, you know, he was, he was taken, taken, but like, doesn't that just make this entire Republican presidential debate um, irrelevant? I mean, it already was. Yeah. I, I, I mean, like really the, who made the biggest impression on me? Perry Johnson. <laughs> I mean, I, okay. I only found this out last night. Tell me if you're like me, I assumed just by his name, his appearance, the fact that he's polling at, um, one tenth of half a percent, um, his, just his whole presentation. I was like, Okay, this guy's probably like an aluminum drum manufacturer from Colorado, <laughs> or he owns like a regional ice cream brand or something, or you know, like yeah, like that type of thing, that type of stupid Republican business. He's a quality control expert. <laughs> what on that, what? What the what, fuck? Qual is what quality does he control? Just all in general, all, 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 just, all of yeah, it, in, yeah. in general America. quality. He's, he's, he's going to control America's quality. That is like it, it, he was previously in legal trouble for a f for fax spam. It's like he's it is like applying to be like the the director of central intelligence. And you're like, I have uh, three years of experience in human resources. <laughs> I, I fucking I'm so fucking mad at him. I expected like his his wife and one of his daughters to like come up in the middle of the debate and like slowly shuffle him off and be like, we're so sorry. We're, we like lost track of him. He has heat exhaustion. That's why he's been running for president. We won't disturb <laughs> your evening any, any longer. Uh, see now the guy that made the, 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 the biggest and only impression on me, like if I was going to uh, anoint a winner from this sad spectacle, I would say the winner to me, Doug Burzum for no other reason than I've never seen him before. And uh, someone pointed this out. He looks, he looks somewhat Wolfman like, and I think he could be a good Wolfman. And we've had we've had quite a few vampire presidents. I think it's time we switch it up and finally elect a Wolfman president. He's got um, he's got yeah. very sort of like got like those like yeah. got a very prominent brow. Got sort of like he's, got, thick the, he's eyebrows. got the big eyebrows, sort of Brezhnev eyebrows. Yeah. Very striking. He, he look yeah he has a very like Gabriel Byrne look. Mm, yeah, I could see that definitely. What I uh, like most about him is that this this is a guy who is. Obviously, the most Hail Mary possible presidential race, like zero chance. I mean, these guys obviously have no chance, but Doug Burzum's even less chance than most of them. And he gets out there. He's, by the way, uh, Jordan flu gaming it after having shredded his Achilles tendon earlier in the day, probably like <laughs> blitzed on painkillers. And so it's like, all right, I'm going to let America, uh, I'm going to uh, introduce America to old Doug Burzum. And what was his pitch? I'm from a small town. America needs small town values. <laughs> big cities got problems, but they're not like a small town that doesn't have problems. And if they were more like small, big cities are more like small towns, then they would be okay. Just like the most gravy brained horse shit on earth. Just yeah. that was enough to like compel him to think that he needed to stand there, like clearly just in agony to get that off. The yeah, people needed to hear about how he's from a small fucking town. I have to say like, after seeing Vi both Vivek and him, most influential politician of the last five years, Pete Buttigieg. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. both Vi Vivek has yeah. a very Pete-like presentation, but Doug Bur Burzum was doing the Pete thing where it's like, you know, where I'm from, folks are less interested in top surgery than going to top shop. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah, no, he, he I, I found out, um, his thing before politics is he was a computer guy and he sold a company called great Plains software to Microsoft <laughs> for a billion dollars. And it's like, what computer program did this fucking simpleton make? <laughs> great Plains software in the yeah. Silicon Plains. Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of people, what they did and how they got their money before they were on that stage tonight. Um, uh, Vivek, uh, do you guys know where like how Vivek got rich? 
<laughs> yeah, that's very funny. It's uh, basically he um, got like uh, all kinds of Wall Street investment in a pharmaceutical biotech company that was uh, supposed to cure Alzheimer's. Uh, he did, you know, as one does, loaded up with debt, busted out, uh, no Alzheimer's drug, uh, thousands of people out of work, Vivek, spectacularly wealthy. That's the American dream. And he's going to give everybody the chance to have that dream happen in their lives. Yeah, well, Vivek, I... I can tell from how he's he's done this and I really don't he definitely does not think he's going to be the nominee much less president this Oh no season. he's got the he's looking in long term for sure Absolutely Once again once again Pete Buttigieg style Yeah he's I mean I think in business he was a real cutthroat I think like he similarly like with his company he never like he obviously never thought he was going to cure Alzheimer's his no. plan the entire time was a bust out. He's the yeah. only like real cutthroat out there. Ron thinks he's one, but he just he is not. Well, don't forget, though, Ron uh, deployed to Iraq with the Navy SEALs. <laughs> he said that twice. And I was just like, oh, you rascally dog, you. I, he, he was there to be yeah. like, uh, after they show up with uh, 18 canoed corpses, they're just like, hey, Ron, is this legal? And then he was like, you get it. You got it, guys. Sure thing, man. Yeah, he third wheeled SEAL Team Six. <laughs> yeah, he, the motherfucker think he's on the team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was it Ron or Vivek that was talking about fire Fauci? They were like, "You just got to fire this guy." I mean, I I think that was kind of both of their pitch. They were like, "You, you can't let Fauci run everything," which is you know. Did uh, he resign? He's not yeah. there anymore. Yeah. They I, they want to like do a cadaver synod. Like when he's dead, they're going <laughs> to dig his ass up and like set fire to his corpse. My favorite one of those, though, is when uh, Tim Scott promised on day one to fire Merrick Garland. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You're not going to keep the Democratic attorney general? Holy crap. Well, uh, now, next, you're going to tell me you're not going to keep Kamala Harris as your running mate. <laughs> Uh, and, and like an, another another big thing, vi this has been Vivek's thing for a while. Tim Scott got in on it as well. Is like we have to we have to end the Department of Education and end we got to break the teachers unions and end mm -hmm. education in America. <laughs> yeah, the YouTube videos they're good enough for Florida. They're good enough for the country. But like uh, I think it's fair to say the Tim Scott moment is over. <laughs> I don't know. I think old people might like him. He seems like he's tailor made for old people who tend to you know vote more. Obviously, as we said, nobody's going to win here. But I, I, Vivek, Vivek's deal is very online. It, it is very millennial, and I just don't know if it appeals to older voters who is who you really need to like keep on your side. And like, if he is running for to be Trump's VP, I the thing that Trump hates more than anything is people outshining him. So I'm a little worried that Vivek's attempt to get noticed is going to end up backfiring on him. Um, Whereas I think Tim Scott's like clearly just so happy to be here. Like if if, if yeah. this is a VP sweepstakes, I could see Trump being like, "Yeah, this guy, he does nothing. He is uh, he is in no way going to outshine me. I'll put him on the ticket." I think it's impossible for Vivek to outshine Trump or really anyone. I mean, I kind of think that's like the genius in his design. He can't. Mm -hmm. Um, it, there's just no possibility of uh him doing that. He, there's a very strict ceiling on his uh, the the personal magnetism. Um, I, I guess um, Tim Scott can have sex a second time now, though. The moment really is over. <laughs> and then I guess um, representing the the old guard of the Republican Party, you know, like the, the neocon wing of the party who wants to uh, prosecute a war, um, a proxy war against Russia in Ukraine and a direct war um, against Mexico on our border. But, you know, uh, they're, they're, I guess they're not talking about the China threat as much as the uh, the base nationalists are. But you've got a uh, Pence and Nikki Haley. And now, like the media seemed to like Nikki Haley because she seemed like, you know, a Republican presidential candidate of 10 or 15 years ago. Yeah. yeah, and then you know, her big because you know her big thing she was talking about the debt we're going to leave to our grandchildren. Oh, they love that. Yeah, it is adorable. Yeah. It is adorable how like without Trump there, they all just descend to the mean of of like uh, second Bush administration. Like that's they never wanted to leave that. They're very resentful that Trump has made them have to talk about literally anything other than cutting the deficit and uh, you know uh, national greatness, foreign policy, or whatever. They hate that they have had to uh, bow to any of this hooting and hollering bullshit, uh, and they are clearly very happy to pull it 
back. And that's one of the reasons I think that everyone on the stage clearly hated Vivek so much because yeah. he was the one like insisting on trying to differentiate himself from those stuff. Those guys, of course, pointing out that like the Republican alternative to neocon uh, brinksmanship with Russia and China is just a war in Mexico, invading Mexico, U.S. troops shooting people in Mexico. That's it. That's the alternative. There is no no. There is no peace alternative. There is simply redirecting America's military forces towards the real enemy. There's also no actual practical end to brinksmanship with Russia or China in practice. I mean, w- we absolutely saw that under Trump for yeah. like uh, all the th- like. I'm sure there was some weird thing in a hotel or whatever, but in actual practice of what you know, the American security state actually did. It was a ramp up intentions with Russia. Um, there was a, there was a couple, a uh, couple interesting moments on uh, abortion last night, uh, including, including Ron DeSantis saying, um, I know a lady in Florida named Penny. She survived <laughs> multiple abortion. Multiple abortion. She, she was left discarded in a pan. <laughs> what? This, is, this is the John Wick of like, fetuses. Yeah, Just dodging the vacuum. <laughs> He's a fucking eraser head baby in Florida. <laughs> Ron, I, I like the idea of Ron like regularly meeting with like a beheaded fetus body <laughs> and just interacting with it the same way he talks to everyone. So oh, you, how but- how are you today? No, uh, oh, you didn't develop a heartbeat. That's right. Okay. <laughs> So you're in a pan? You're in a pan, man? Cool. <laughs> if if you could if you could like defeat multiple medical professionals and your own mother while being a fetus, you you should honestly be made god emperor of the world. Like that is a will to power that nobody else can compare to. I would not have been able I mean, I just know it would not have gone it would not have gone like that if they tried to abort me. <laughs> I would have just been aborted. <laughs> and um and then Haley was the one that was like, I guess, trying to trying to I mean, I, I don't want to see like rein in the GOP's position on abortion, but like acknowledge a post jobs reality that this is a millstone around their neck electorally and that they are, you know, that, that Trump is not a popular politician and that the Dobbs decision is very unpopular. So she's just trying to like rein it in slightly. And I guess like I, I, I thought of that um, in light of last week's other uh, f- funny event that happened online, which is uh, the Seth Dillon and those Babylon B creeps getting absolutely cooked on Twitter. Because like, Felix, we were talking about this and it's just like it's the problem for the Republican Party is that like all the people that have now been in put in positions of influence, at least as far as the media goes, um, you think like if you were a proponent of keeping abortion illegal, you would do as little as possible to discuss um, right. the factual specifics of a case in which a 13 year old was impregnated and forced to uh, bear her rapist child. But no, right. these guys just can't stop doing that. Right. So we only really see this with abortion with the Republicans, with everything else they completely ignore as any, you know, political faction would do. They completely ignore the bad outcomes of their preferred policy, especially if it's enacted. Uh, The Republicans don't do this with any economic thing. They don't like they obviously have a deep hatred of trans people that goes beyond just, uh, you know, taking uh, taking some sort of culture war advantage and want to see them dead. But they don't do that w- with this even abortion is the only thing where Republicans more than anyone else will bring up horrific cases of child rape victims essentially being forced to give birth at gunpoint. I read more of these stories being posted by Republicans than anyone else. Yeah. They, they love posting these stories and go, oh, well, um, yeah, I bet this would be made way better by killing a baby or something like that. And I feel like this is the final form of the internetization of the party that you are openly posting your gore and CP fetish in front of everyone. <laughs> That's what this is. This is a there is a fetishistic component towards forced birth at gunpoint and a, a Ford plant system of child abuse, the logical endpoint of all these policies. Uh, and, and if you follow um, Seth Dillon's hilarious meltdown and, re- and, and the cutting edge satire guy um, being made fun of and immediately having a f- fucking hissy fit. Um, but like the thing he did is like when he deleted his original post, just like making fun of that 13 year old, 
he was just like, oh, I donated to her GoFundMe because um, moms, uh, you know, moms need support. And Felix, you rightly pointed this out. Like a day ago, he was accusing this girl and her mom of attempted murder. And now he's like, oh, here, have some money. Yeah, no, he was saying that like the girl and her family would happily murder murder a baby. And I was like, actually, I don't I don't know why I said that. Um, it's not like I have a fetish for this exact thing. It's not like, the, you know, we're all jacking off to this. Uh, but yeah, he he said I I donated to I donated to it. I posted her GoFundMe, and he posted his GoFundMe to his six hundred thousand followers. And I I did the math on this. They generated twelve hundred dollars over twenty four hours. Jesus, Christ. wow! Like at absolute yeah. most, like and that is like presupposing that like all that money came from Seth Dillon and his followers, which it probably did not. So probably much less than that. I just love these guys. Like uh, when like uh, the website they use, like everything gets nerfed to uh, benefit them and uh, protect them from being uh, made fun of. And then as soon as someone does, what do you do? You uh, delete the post people are mad about, um, but then keep getting mad about people being mad about the original post and referencing the original post. It was a masterclass in how to, uh, you know, not let them see you sweat online when people are mad at you. Yeah. Shout out to our friend who was suspended for the original thing that kicked all this <laughs> off. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, it, it is, um, it was, a, it's sort of a great window into everything. You know, the internetization of the party, uh, the way, the specific way in which they persecute social issues, just disgusting everyone. Like I was so like, literally the only reason you would put things that way, the only reason you would highlight this is if there was a fetishistic component, because like doing that, putting things in that way, it doesn't even rile up the base. It doesn't even make people who agree with your stupid position go. Yeah. Awesome. It, it just, it, it is all you only do that. If there's like a deep perverse thing where you really like that this happened. Yeah. These, these guys all get off on thinking about this shit and like, whether like, whether it is like, the, the conscious end result of like a willed conspiracy or not like you're exactly right Felix the end the end result of all right wing social policy in this country is just the industrial scale abuse of children and yeah. like how much they're consciously okay with that or just don't like thinking about it is an open question because I mean like uh, it seems like uh, as long as we're talking about um, the uh, Twitter the, the website formerly known as Twitter I mean like didn't they fucking once again, like they nerfed the mods to let that guy who like shared actual child torture videos back on Twitter because he was just like, oh, like I'm exposing this by sharing it with my millions of followers. Yeah. Elon personally intervened to unsuspend him like a guy who should be in federal prison for having that on his computer. That was um, white hat uh, pedophiles. I'm telling you that the assumption is, is that there is no non pedophile. That's not a thing. Yeah, they're just the ones who, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. who adhere to yeah. some sort of you know ancient where their pedophilia like is connected to like ancient Greek traditions or something, and then uh, modern debased pedophiles, and then that is the war of society is between those two types of pedophiles, <laughs> black cats and white cats, man. Yep. But uh, Felix, you also mentioned about like the the other Babylon B guys as just like being indicative of the rise of the soy conservative. Because, like, they were posting stuff like, gee, uh, you know, proponents of murdering babies sure are mad today. Uh, cool, I guess. Yeah, no, a lot of, like, wow, another great day on the bird site. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, All no, of these wonderful gals who survived abortion. <laughs> yeah, the, the soy conservative is ascendant. I mean, all the Babylon Bee guys are proof. Do you, do you think Epstein killed himself sincerely? I don't know. I will say that, you know, he was a fixture in Palm Beach. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what Barr said about it either. I have no idea what he said. What did he say? He killed himself, probably? He said was he killed way? himself and that they were going to do this investigation. They never did the investigation. It's never been yeah. public. Well, and did. they hid it. And, like, why are they doing that? He and clearly Barr knew. But why would Bill Barr be covering up the death of Jeffrey Epstein? Uh, Bill Barr didn't do an investigation on the election fraud either. Okay, he said he did, and he pretended he did, but he didn't. Uh... In a slight contrast with the, uh, the the soy conservative movement, um, their god emperor was not um, uh, was not on the debate stage, but um, he was. He did give an interview with uh, Tucker Carlson that's being touted as the most watched video in internet history. 
Guys, can you believe 223 million people all watched Tr- Donald Trump's interview with Tucker Carlson on the Twitter X network? Well, I mean, that's what the number says under yeah, the, the oh, video. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> that can't be faked in any way. When I look at the video, it says 223 million. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I mean, there were some there were some good there were some funny clips uh, that we'll get into in a second. But I guess just like when I saw that, OK, Trump and he was absolutely right to not do any of these debates. He's got nothing to gain from them. But I don't really know. Like, I mean, uh, Tucker Carlson's online talk show. I mean, he should have done the Adam Friedland show. He's probably got more more viewers than Tucker does at this point. And the thing is. And like the thing is, though, like you remember from like all those leaked Fox News like emails as part of the lawsuit, like we know for a fact that like Tucker was sending emails being like, I hate Donald Trump. I hate talking about him. I hate talking to him. I wish he were dead so I could literally talk about anything else. But then as soon as soon as old DJ picks up DJT, picks up the phone, Tucker throws him right on the fucking show. I mean, I thought he was unchained. He could do whatever he wants now, but he's still got a fucking... Uh, suck off this fucking fat moron. <laughs> Tucker is in. I never see him anymore. I used to see him all the fucking time. Yeah. No, he is in. I thought I'd be seeing. I, I thought because like Twitter was going to be like his broadcast platform. I'd see more of him. But no, in fact, like I almost never hear about him at all anymore. Yeah. It reminds. I, I mean, all alt tech. And it's weird that you could like put Twitter in that now, I guess. It. it there's a similar thing with all of it. Someone pointed out that like, you know, rumble, like rumble certainly like has more users than it did two years ago. I mean, one would hope like the amount of money they poured into it, but like someone pointed out that most people who have big people from YouTube who've gone to rumble, all their content is crying about not being on YouTube and having to be on Rumble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's, yeah, like yeah. Crowder starts his live streams on YouTube and then like he, he and then he, he transitions to Rumble and then he's like, oh, here we're going to do the, do the the real shit for the, the true Crowder heads out there. And then yeah, like gonna, on the Rumble yeah, show, yeah, now he, just, he just whines about how the, he doesn't have any viewers. Yeah. The only thing he presumably like does on Rumble that he can't do on YouTube is like, I guess like vividly sexually assault brian callen (laughs) (laughs) Um, but i mean like uh, uh, aside from you know uh tucker continuing to uh debase himself for 220 million unique views for sure um the the best part of the the trump tucker like interview was that tucker kept trying to goad him into saying um we're going to have a civil war if i'm uh convicted and 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 epstein didn't kill himself and Trump just wasn't to be happy. Based. He wasn't. Please. He was. He didn't please be based. He, you know, and that the civil war thing is such fucking cope because like <laughs> yeah. it didn't work out with Trump. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't bring in. He didn't usher in the the thousand year Reich. He's now he's indicted, but for like eighty different felonies, he's probably going to be convicted of at least one of them. And here's here's a good indication that there's not going to be a civil war. Donald Trump is turning himself in to be processed right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we we talked about this when we were in Canada. Why doesn't Trump just not show up to yeah. be booked in Georgia and just tell Ron DeSantis me, to like, yeah, tell Ron DeSantis your state troopers are now my Praetorian Guard. What are you going to do? Hand them over? Hand, hand me over to the feds? He couldn't do that if he wants to be president. He should just make Mar-a-Lago like the kind of Avignon papacy of America. No. He can't though because he doesn't. Because at the end of the day, he's he's as much on the leash as any of us are. He just he just like, was, is able to like not care about certain levels of like optics because of just his titanic ego and and uh, and the fact that his connection to his supporters is so personalized. But he he doesn't have the imagination or the stones to genuinely confront um like American institutions in any meaningful way. He'll 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 show up and get his fucking picture taken. I like the idea of him constantly going on the run around Florida with the uh, 20 co-conspirators like Dutch Vanderland. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what is January 6th but a Dutch Vanderland style plot? <laughs> Arthur, oh. Ar- Arthur, I need you to I need you to put on a stupid headdress and pee in Nancy Pelosi's <laughs> desk drawer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the, they send the Pinkertons after them. Yeah. Um, but no, like, yeah, like, like Tucker kept trying to goad him into being based and talking about a civil war or Jeffrey Epstein. And all Trump was giving him was going, 
there, there are a lot of people, they're very passionate and they love their country. Jeffrey, Jeffrey, he was a fixture around Palm Beach and he had many nice houses, but not so much anymore. So I think he killed himself. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, like his response. So no, Trump said, like, I believe Epstein killed himself because he had many nice houses and he was now he was facing very unpleasant things. <laughs> like, what did Trump what did Tucker expect Trump to say? Like Tucker, Tucker can't be like that fucking stupid where he, he thinks he was that like he like Trump says all the things about stolen election, rigged election, you know, perfect phone call. He'll say all that stuff because it directly affects him. Whereas right. Epstein, whether he was murdered or suicided, who does or it, what not, does he, give a shit? he doesn't give a shit. So he just believes what he sees on the TV. Yeah. Uh, there were uh, let, let's watch a couple of clips from the the Tucker because there's some good there are some good Trump moments. Can we can we watch the one about the uh, the mosquitoes? Why is China allowed to conduct imperialism in our hemisphere? Well, yeah, and it's far beyond Cuba. It's all over South America. Yeah, the Caribbean. So we built a thing called the Panama Canal. We lost thirty five thousand people to the mosquito, you know, malaria. Yeah, we lost thirty five thousand people building. We lost. 35,000 people because of the mosquito. Vicious. They had to build under nets. It was one of the true great wonders of the world. As he said, one of the nine wonders of the world. No, no, it was one of the seven. It was, happened a little while ago, you know. says nine wonders of the world. You could make nine wonders. He would have been better off if he stuck with the nine and just said, yeah, I think it's nine. But this is one of the true Seven wonders of the world, <laughs> and and this is all be- <laughs> this is all because Tucker was trying to goad him into talking about Chinese imperialism in South America. And meanwhile, he's just like his brain is just pinging off like a fucking David McCullough book that he got, listened to <laughs> ten years ago. <laughs> the mosquito, awful. the mosquito, nasty very vicious. vicious. Yeah, nasty, vicious it, mosquito. He makes it sound like it was one mosquito who killed thirty five thousand. <laughs> Big. He's a big guy. <laughs> yeah, three hundred feet tall. You show was, up. Bing bong, boom, boom. It sucker guys up. They're gone. Yeah, that was mosquito X. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the Panama Canal, the, the ninth wonder of the world. Uh, we should, you know, Trump is right. We should, we should have some modern wonders of the we world. Should. And, you know, we gotta yeah. get some more wonders. <laughs> when do we stop? How stupid are we? We stop making wonders. <laughs> um, uh, Chris, did you have the clip where he calls Asa Hutchinson Ada? Well, I don't want to really use names, but it wouldn't matter too much. A guy like, uh, I call him Ada Hutchinson. It's Asa, but I call him Ada. Uh, what do you I call him, Ada? I, you know, I could tell you, but I don't want to get myself in a little trouble. <laughs> but he's weak and pathetic, and <laughs> it was, uh, I never understood the guy. I never knew him. <laughs> He's weak and pathetic. Look, I call him, I call him Ada Wong. Ada Wong. She she worked for the Umbrella Corporation, but she was a double agent. She helped Leon Kennedy. Leon Kennedy, Raccoon City, Raccoon City. There's a lot of big alligators there. We don't know what to do with them. But we're twenty years. Big, we're gonna, twenty years ago, she'd wear a dress no matter what the weather. Now it's a jumper. <laughs> it's got a gun with a little grappling hook on it. I like uh, the idea. The last plagas, he, they're very vicious. We lost thousands to the plagas. <laughs> I like the, when he says, whenever he says, like, I can't say this because I'll get in trouble yeah. is my favorite thing. But I like this one because it's like, I guess the implication being like, I, I don't want to get in trouble for dead naming. <laughs> 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 I did really like uh, what he said about Kam- Kamala Harris. Where he said, "He said uh, she speaks in rhyme." <laughs> she, goes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, she says she speaks in rhyme. It's weird. Well, the way she talks, the bus will go here, and then the bus will go there because that's what buses do. That doesn't rhyme. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> that is not a rhyme. That's yeah. not rhyming, Mr. President. So, back to Biden. I'm interested. So you think he's failing? He obviously is failing. I think it's clear to everybody. But that would make Kamala Harris the candidate? Well, not really. I mean, I guess they'd have uh, maybe a free-for-all. A lot of people say she has to remain for certain reasons, the candidate. She has to. I don't think that's true, actually. I don't think that other people would stand for it. Uh, She has some bad moments. Her moments are almost as bad as his. I think his are worse, actually. Yeah. Uh, She seems pretty senile, too. She speaks in uh, in rhyme. It's weird. It's weird. But she has bad moments. And in rhyme? 
What do you, well, the way she talks, the bus will go here and then the bus will go there because that's what buses do. And it's weird. The whole thing is weird. This is not <laughs> a president of the United States future. Uh, I love it. I love it because he's trying to reference the hilarious moment when Kamala Harris was singing the wheels on the bus to a completely different melody than that song. <laughs> But then he can't remember the actual words to the wheels on the bus. Because <laughs> he's never taken a school bus. He's never yeah. been on a school bus. That man has never hailed to the bus driver, bus driver man. <laughs> yeah, th- it is a game of telephone between two people taking uh, different types of pharmaceuticals that were otherwise discontinued during the Reagan administration. <laughs> yes. yes. Well, I mean, like, uh, you know, as... And like that was a pretty low energy interview for both both Trump and Tucker. But I mean, you you can see why he's lapping the rest of these fucking losers. Yeah, he's funny. He's enjoyable. Yeah. Ada Hutchinson. He's weak and pathetic. Um, <laughs> is Tucker is Tucker gonna like kill Elon? For, like he ruining his fucking career. <laughs> like now, literally, if captured, he, gets to him first. Yeah. Okay. Can I just say, I disagree you know i strongly disagree with captured on politics obviously you know i don't i don't think that bradley cooper you know conspired with the chinese government to do this deal stuff like that um but i really admire captured because he could have gone along with elon and said all these changes are great i'm no longer being throttled and like he would have gotten like a Twitter blue, like interactions payout, like the Krasensteins and all these people got, he would have gotten tens of thousands of dollars, if not hundreds of thousands by now. But he was so true to himself. Like this whole time, he's just been like, I'm still being throttled. What is this? I'm not, why am I not gaining a hundred thousand followers a day? Elon is the same as Jack. This sucks. Fuck you. He got blocked by Elon. Like I really admire the man. He really, he really stays true to his delusions. I got to use your use your illusions. Yeah, just being at, being completely miserable at all times. Yeah. Like he's committed to that. Nothing you do can actually change that. So that means if it, if I have to get blocked by my hero and not get a payout just to live my truth of being in screaming agony every moment of my life, I'm going to do it. Um I guess uh, a few a few other uh events from last week. Um you got Rudy Giuliani, um, he got booked. Everyone saw his mugshot yesterday. But uh, I, I did enjoy all of the news articles about the many personal appeals he made to Donald Trump to pay his legal fees, which are going, <laughs> unsurprisingly, totally unheeded from the big man. I mean, no, Donald, I mean, and, oh, yeah. Also, Donald Trump will be represented in the Atlanta case by the guy who represented Gunna in the YSL case. So. I think that would be amazing. Even if Trump is the target of this investigation, he just stitches on everyone else before. Because like they're all like, I'm, I'm loyal. We're solid. And then Trump just rats on all the people that they tried to turn on him. Yeah, yeah like Nino yeah. Brown at the end of New Jack yeah. City. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then uh, Bill Mitchell shoots him uh, on the steps <laughs> of the courthouse. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Bill Mitchell's that the old, the old the neighborhood air. guy who's just like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Um... I so Trump obviously isn't personally paying his legal fees, but he's hosting like a one hundred thousand dollar a person fundraiser for Rudy's legal fees. <laughs> he's doing a live show for him. <laughs> Get that GoFundMe together. Yeah, who was it that said it? Was it you? Where it's like how sad it would be to be like Rudy's kids, and it's like yeah, you, yeah, you have this yeah. terrible fucking father, and you're, you're like, like oh, at least like at least I'll inherit some money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nope. <laughs> God, this is this is so long ago, but it was like I think it was like 2017 or 18 when like Rudy Giuliani butt dialed a journalist mm-hmm. while he was like in his office with a bunch of other like weirdly shaped men and was like, "Oh God, we're out of money. We need more money from 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 the United Arab Emirates." <laughs> um, uh, I, someone mentioned that, like, um, back when I mean, the precipitous plunge of his of his national reputation is quite a thing to behold. Because I, I mean, I remember when he was like a joke mayor, even when people thought he cleaned up New York. And then nine eleven happened. All of a sudden, he's like, you know, fucking uh, FDR, John F. Kennedy, or whatever. 
Someone pointed out that like at the height of his fucking personal brand after 9-11, when the anthrax attacks happened, he tried to like seize the scene of the crime and start a company called like Biogen that would be a company that cleaned up crime scenes after anthrax attacks. I it went, I mean, like I did not grow up in New York, but like during the Giuliani when the his heyday, when I think he was probably like the most admired man in America yep. for like a year. Yep. And it was fucking infuriating as a, a child lib because he like to me, he was like, like, obviously, Bush was Bush and Cheney, number one. But like he he represented such like an extension of like jackboot policy. Yeah, he, he 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 represented like, you know, if he got in there, he would be even worse. And I mean, 2008 was pretty gratifying where he he sort of had the exact same thing happen to him that is now happening to DeSantis, where the more people saw him, the more his unfavorables climbed. But this is beyond my wildest dreams. I don't think anyone would have predicted this. Like he could have just blown. He could have just like cashed out his national reputation as some sort of like uh, truly heroic figure above politics and just been like another sleazy Republican on Fox News. But the thing is, I think he's like so stupid and broke that like his need to just like keep doing crimes and keep like uh, like hustling figures like Trump to be like uh, a little remora fish so they can they can just mouth a couple of the morsels that fall off of his table is just like has made him. Like he is going to die, if not in prison, just like die alone and with Alzheimer's having bankrupted his family. Oh, he's going to be the first guy since like 1872 to die in debtor's prison in America. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you really you really have to be fucking stupid to be him and go broke like there. Oh, man. Yeah. a, a A friend of mine, uh left office let's say on very bad terms <laughs> and the show. a friend of the show i would say a personal friend of mine at of this course. point but he you know god bless the man we don't agree on everything me and my friend but he 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 even you know he did some time did some time in the feds he's doing great now he's not going to be like rudy he's like his family loves him you know, he's leaving behind a great legacy. He like he read he the had, Quran in prison and the 40 <laughs> laws of power. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, now he owns several uh, franchise restaurants. Yeah, he's doing way better than Rudy. Rudy is just leaving behind a bunch of debts. It's really remarkable. He Rudy married his cousin, if I'm not <laughs> yes. correct. Right. Yeah, yes. he's. Yeah. No, that was always a tell to me. Mm. Yeah, he's um, going to end up being tased to death by mall security after wandering into Build-A-Bear with a, an erection trying to claim <laughs> yeah. the tits. He's got to claim his tits. I mean, the honorable, I mean, like, he's so old and, like, demented right now. Like, the honorable thing would be for, like, his retainers to do, like, an honorable ritual suicide, you know? Like, get him to just point, the, you know, like in um, Lone Wolf and Cub, just, like, give him a fan that he can make a gesture towards his stomach and then his second can just behead him, you know, like before saddling, I mean, like not just going to prison and dying there potentially, but, you know, saddling your family with all these legal fees. Uh, I did read that he he is paid 400 grand a year, which would cover like one hour of his legal bills at this point um, by for his radio show. And then in the article, it said he does make he does have a supplemental income from his podcast. So <laughs> we should have him on soon. You know, we'll give him the chocolate. I would love, I'd love to hear a Rudy ad read. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I guess I should also mention uh, this. This happened just the other day. Um, R.I.P. to Prigozhin, the Russian mercenary guy. Um, my question here is, why are you getting on an airplane after doing that? Why are what? you getting on your <laughs> airplane? <laughs> what was the plan here? Yeah. What was the plan? I, I've been wondering about this so much. Do you think that he thought like, okay, I, this is my personal army. They're not just mercenaries. They're personally loyal to me. And that's a deterrent. Is that what he thought? Or do you think that like his makeup meeting with Putin went so well? He was like, there's no, like we're closer than ever now. Yeah. They, they had one of those just moments like dog, dog. I fucking love you, dog. Yeah. He's like, nah, yeah. man, I fucking love you. And it's like, yeah, it it's like all a, okay. He understands. Uh, Matt, it was like, a, he understands. I was getting a little heated. I was just frustrated. He understands that. 
He's got me. Matt, it He's was like dog. A, it was like the scene with Matt Bomber and Shannon Tatum from Magic Mike XSL when he's yeah, like, just squashing you know, it. You know, when you left, it hurt me. And he was like, <laughs> I, I I acknowledge your pain. When you took the Wa- Va- Wagner group and uh, turned against Russian soldiers, <laughs> that hurt me. And then he was like. <laughs> Bro, I know. I just had to do, do my furniture company, but we're on Molly now. We're feeling great. <laughs> but like, it's I can I understand why everybody is turned into a conspiracy theorist now because events as as just received are so stupid that it's very difficult to accept that the reality, like that this guy was just like, yeah, you know, I uh, did my coup and then I stopped and just decided to quit and then. I figured that'd be fine. I'll go back, visit Putin. There'll be no problem. I mean, how, how a real person had that thought and did that and then got blown <laughs> out of the sky. I love that they didn't even fucking like try any like uh, put a bomb on the plane or any of that shit or use some polonium. They just literally find a fucking rocket. <laughs> they just surfaced the air missile, blew his ass out of the sky. Like, of course they were going to do that. D- did he? How? History? What I mean, is like, wrong with you, hot dog man? <laughs> Didn't Stalin never fly anywhere for precisely this reason? I mean, it's not a smart move. (laughs) With with, with Lin Bao, it's like, you understand. It's like, you know, it's sort of like how you couldn't write uh, Sleepless in Seattle now because of cell phones and computers. (laughs) It's like everything was moving very fast. You know, how do you get in contact with the guy? He had way more history with the people that uh, shot down his plane than, uh, you know, Mr. Hot Dog had with Putin. (laughs) But this is just inexcusable, really. Absolutely. If you're a Wagner guy, you got to be like, I could not have backed a wronger horse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to open an Etsy store. Fuck this. It makes the Russian troops who got um, dumped, just slumped by Russian party down, look terrible, <laughs> <laughs> which in turn makes Ukraine's counteroffensive look even worse. Seriously. Making us look like the worst yeah the dumbest we're getting owned by these fucking knuckleheads yeah all right well uh the last thing i want to talk about um on the show today i think uh does tell nicely both with um like the the rise of the the soy the soy conservative being a kind of like uh, i don't know like a, a stand-in for like i don't know like the 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 ba- base nationalist conservatives i'm talking about um a journalist for the nation just had this like big piece where she uh basically like uh, ingratiated herself to like the New York Young Republicans Club or whatever, and like was like, oh wow, surprise, they're all Nazis. I mean, like she goes by Amanda Trap House on Twitter, and you know, I don't know how I feel about that, nor how I feel about like the uh, journalistic pretension of like embedding yourself with these fucking creeps and then reporting back on all the uh, surprising things they have to say. But I, but I, I, I just want to read a couple things here because, like Matt, this very much reminded me of what we talked about the other week in light of Richard Hananinia and like mm-hmm. his uh, sort of conversion, his sort of like a uh, road back to classical liberalism from being a, you know, ethno-nationalist IQ uh, obsessive. But I just want to read a couple of things here. So like they said, some of the neo-Nazis and fascists I met un- undercover in 2020 are working as congressional campaign staffers and helping to form congressional caucuses. They are meeting with leaders of far-right political parties in Italy and Hungary. They are the leaders of their local young Republican organizations. They have access to elected GOP officials at a national and local level. Now, when you read that, um, it, of course, all sounds very disturbing to think about these, like, you know, cadres of young ideological neo-Nazis gaining influence in, you know, national politics. But, like, to me, this has this, this has the stink of desperation of being junior partners in a coalition and, like, I'm going to join the police and change them from the inside. Yes. This is like, yeah. I'm going to make America uh, a Nazi country by becoming a congressional staffer. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and like that desire, I, I'm going to, you know, the, the, the need for the ethno state, the need to, you know, have your, the real like fascist project empire that you're fantasizing about. That is for people on the outside. That is for losers, just like uh, radical politics is almost always for losers, like in the literal sense of people who are outside of regimes of power and influence is the closer you get to real power and influence, the more comfortable you are within a structure like a party politics, the more you look around and recognize, Oh, uh, actually I, I don't need there to be a thousand year Reich for uh, me to feel, uh, uh, you know, comfortable. And, 
but and like the most important thing that I want, you know, a racialized culling of the global population. What do you know? Uh, liberal uh, democracy is going to do that anyway. Uh, that is what our structures as uh, currently constructed are set up to create. I mean, it's not going to have the, the awesome branding that I needed when I was a booger eating nerd. But now that I've got a lanyard and six figure job, you know, just uh, the, the passive uh, genocide will be more than enough to ensure my and my family's continued comfort in the middle of this thing. So, you know what? Now I don't actually care that much about that stuff. And like in, in Richard Hanania's um, like sort of uh, mea culpa for all this, it was very telling because he was like, oh, like when I was a fucking loser with like no job or like no, when I, when I wasn't getting published in like the Atlantic and the New York Times, I had to believe everything was like, you know, based on racial hierarchy. Because when you have nothing to be proud of in your own life, like that is when you become susceptible to all kinds of racial nationalisms. But the thing is, once you get in at the, the, the table of success and you're sitting next to Matt Iglesias, who has will basically can, will believe any justification for his own superiority to other people and the fact that he's better than them. He doesn't necessarily need to be a racialized explanation for that. He'll take all comers. But once you have something, uh, you don't like you don't need this ethno state thing. But, but as you're, you're quite right, Matt, like you, you don't need to like go too far away from your original beliefs because like a belief in the sort of classical liberal meritocracy is not that much fucking different. Yeah, it gives you all the, the, the necessary uh, building blocks for uh, for the purge that you think is necessary for the continuation of Western civilization. And I think a lot of the fixation on the, 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 the losers the, the, and their their political project is that it takes away the very uncomfortable it, it, it uh, distracts from the more uncomfortable reality that the system as constructed by both parties and generated by the policy of both parties is driving the driving us to the worst most horrific outcomes that are associated with these uh, fringe ethno-nationalist politics without us ever actually having uh, the coup that everyone is so scared of I wonder if there's like a dissident right Sean McElwee. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I like, mean they're like, really like, yeah, profiled in this piece. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this guy Gavin Mario Wax. Yeah, I yeah. For the next few years, he's going to be like expand ice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, start a company called Data for Regression. <laughs> I want to. I just want to uh, uh, just like one of the guys she highlights here. I just want to read a little bit about him. It says, "In July 2021, I met Alex Nelson for the first time at a cocktail reception during Turning Point USA's Student Action Summit in Tampa. I was standing in line for a glass of wine when Nelson asked me what my vision for America was." To avoid encouraging people, I was also careful not to, I was always careful not to be more extreme than the people I met. So I deflected and asked him what he wanted for the country. Uh, like a friendlier Nazi Germany, Nelson responded. <laughs> want to talk about the 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 the, the soy-based nationalists? You want a friendlier Nazi Germany? What the, what fuck, the fuck, man? What like what did you like about the Nazis? Was yeah. it just the, the roads? It, like I just uh, the wish uniforms? they smiled more. Yeah. I'm sorry. They had something called strength through joy, okay? They were flicking friendly enough. Uh, our conversation quickly turned to do our disappointment in January 6. Nelson had been optimistic that hundreds of rioters around the country would stand their ground against the FBI. None of them fought back. None of them ruby ridged themselves, he noted. <laughs> well, what the fuck were you doing, dude? Yeah, you're not doing shit. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah. I was gathering email lists for my congressman I work for. It really, Everyone really does mirror themselves. It's um, There's a lot of, uh, you know, after the revolution, I'd like to design uniforms for the Red Army. Yeah. Yeah, because everybody is, it's all, everyone's basically the same. They're from the same imperial core. They had basically the same childhood. Uh, they had the same educational experience. They just were filtered into one or another polarized identities around that center. Uh, and then they define, they uh, excuse all their own failures and the, their disgusting inability to rise above the, the deadening conditions they find themselves in by looking across uh, at the other side and being like, well, I'm not them, even though you're fucking exactly the same. We're all the fucking same. We're all in the same exact boat and all trying to justify our position within this machinery uh, uh, by uh, appealing to abstract revolutionary 
politics that don't actually have any substance to them. Uh, similar to like about Richard Hennania, Richard Hanna-Barbera, that like people most obsessed with like eugenics and like uh, and genetics as sort of Rosetta Stone for understanding humanity are the most genetically cursed. Listen to this, Alex Nelson, like and think of like what you said about how people who love like ethno nationalism and need America to be an ethno state are like the biggest losers of the ethnic group that they represent. He says here, my mentality is the Anglo nation is one of the greatest nations to have ever walked the earth, he said. You know, we should not have to worry about like, oh, my gosh, there's a bunch of nasty Jamaicans and Haitians that are going to rob me. Well, then beat them up, then beat the crap out of them, kick them out of the city kick them out of the country, take their homes. Uh, not me, though. I'm too scared of them when I walk down the street and <laughs> yeah. see them talking to one another. Uh, we're going to make it. We're going to get a party that's going to elect uh, people who are going to do that for us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Like the Fry Corps, it wasn't a group of guys who all got on Fiverr. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, like I said, like there's, I mean, like there's just more details. We've read this shit a thousand times in the last couple months, whether it's the fucking, uh, you know, I, I, they all blur together with me. All these, all these like uh, old posts and apologies. And now this like long con where this woman hung out with them for years and then recorded all their thoughts about like, can Jews ever really be white? But like, I don't know. Like once again, I, I, I know that it is, it, it is disturbing to have people, you know, uh, voice genocidal fantasies and imagine them close to power. But like the bad news is those genocidal fantasies, as Matt said, are largely coming through one way or the other, depending yes. on whose hand is on the till here. But the good news is, is that like, I know this is supposed to like, uh, it, like instill fear that like, oh, democracy is but like, once again, I go back to January 6th. That was their civil war attempt. And Trump is turning himself into the police right now. Uh, because of his role in that. Like these people, they, they, what do you always say? Warren voters. They want, they're going to, they're going to change things from inside the system with their radical yep. politics. Good Every, fucking luck. Buck breaking is universal. Yes. The buck, the, all, yes. The, all bucks the bucks have been, have been broken. broken. The bucks have been pro compromised to a permanent degree. <laughs> but the thing is, none of these guys were ever bucks to be broken. Yeah. They, they came out of the womb. Uh, buck broken. Yes. They, they were, they were housebroken children. Well, I guess, uh, you know, uh, f fun times at the, uh, the New York Young Republicans Club. Um, but, you know, uh, Trump, Trump is their guy. He's still the God Emperor for them. But, you know, well, uh, good, good luck waiting on that civil war. All right. I think, that, uh, I think that just about does it for today's show. Can I ask you guys a quick opinion about uh, just wrapping up Trump in the debates? You think yeah. uh, the gap between Trump and the front runner of the rest of the pack increases or decreases after this deba debate? Do you think they catch up on him a little bit or do you think he's uh, he gets even further ahead of them? I think it stays the same or he gets further ahead. Yeah, I mean, no one had like a particular standout performance where they would differentiate themselves from their pre-debate standing in any way. The fact that nobody really went after DeSantis is a bad sign for him. It means nobody sees him as like, uh, within that context, even a front runner, somebody who needs to be brought down. They, I think they're all assuming that his numbers are going to keep going down and all they have to do is make an impression to cannibalize on his support, which is, I think that if there is going to be an outcome, it'll just be that he drops a little more to Vivek maybe. All right. Okay. So um, I have an announcement. I have, I have a plug before we end the show. Um, if you are a movie mindset listener, I hope you enjoyed the bonus episode Hessa and I dropped a couple weeks back. Uh, the genesis of which was a screening of a 35 millimeter print of Howard Hawks's masterpiece Rio Bravo at the Roxy Cinema in New York. Wouldn't you know it? It has been so popular that the print has been held over at the Roxy and uh, Saturday, September 2nd at 7.15 p.m. at the Roxy Cinema, Hessa and I will be screening this very print of the film, Howard Hawks's Rio Bravo, as sort of a supplemental to the episode we did. We'll be doing a uh, introduction and a talk back after the screening. So Saturday, September 2nd, if you are in New York City at the Roxy Cinema, please come by for a Movie Mindset Presents special screening of Howard Hawks's Rio Bravo. Till next time, bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.